are listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider, Brandon Jaggers, and me, C.C. Broadus. The Auxiliary Gate, big problem. Okay, here we are, Auxiliary Gate number 141. Tonight is Wednesday, April the 20th, 420, for those of you uh, participating at home. It's Thursday, by the way. Go ahead, keep going. Is it? Yeah. It is Thursday. I've been living under a rock. Anyway, I'm CC Broadus, joined by Alan Schneider. Alan, how are you, first of all? Well, apparently I'm I'm pretty good. I was already interrupting you and stuff, which I apologize for. But uh, people at work will tell you I'm a proofreading grammar Nazi and stuff. So uh, mistakes like that, I just I just got to point them out. So outside of that, I'm good. Uh, we'll get into grammar mistakes with two fills, maybe yeah. a couple, in a couple of weeks. Actually, I, I I just I discovered that's not a grammatical mistake. It's not. No, because two fills reply. Uh, uh, means that the owner's names are Phil's or the buddy's names are Phil. So there's two Phil's and it means that two Phil's on the horse. So it's two Phil's as horse. So that shows a possession, I think. But is the, the apostrophe in the wrong place? No, I don't, I don't think Should so. Should it be maybe. after the S maybe? That's only if it's the, the next word starts with an S, right? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't know. We're going to, we'll dig into it. Cause I mean, this is the things that really matter, right? Well, can this horse go on to, onto a derby class? Uh, good point. I mean, I think the horse is pretty live. I mean, I know he's going to get a little buzz and stuff, but I know some people are dismissing him. Some people like him. I'm on the, I'm on the side that I, that I kind of like him. I don't know who's going to win. I'm not going to pretend I know that, but he's very playable. I'll say that. So we got to figure it up. Have you ever driven a car or owned a car that has a spoiler? Yes. I, I, I work in an auto plane. I've done everything in an auto plane. So I've put lots of spoilers on in my day as well, too. So yes. Why do you ask? Well, I was just thinking that going home. What, what's the purpose of a spoiler? Uh, I, some people out there is going to know when you put an extra light on there and stuff. Uh, aesthetics, I'm sure there's something to it. Is I, it just for look? It's, it can't be just for looks. I mean, there's got to be some type of aerodynamic. Possibly, but at the same time, the, the $13 million that I, I put on, uh, as you hear my dog bark, of the $13 million I put on, I never thought to ask. So, what, I just wonder, what, why can you attach a spoiler to a horse? Uh, I would think if PETA isn't already up people's asses and stuff, I think that would probably be the death knell. But you're not talking about stapling one in or nailing it in, are you? I just wonder maybe if you attach a spoiler to the to the ass end of a horse, maybe you get a little extra miles per hour, or maybe have to save some energy for the final drive. There's some there's some there's some uh, KG trainers that may take you up on that, or shady trainers that may take you up on that. We'll see. Anyway, on to other things. A couple of things we want to discuss before we get to our, our great guest, uh, Mr. Mr. Jeff Bessa of Charting mm-hmm. Horse Values. I'm looking forward to talking to him. Uh, a couple couple items. Kentucky Downs announced uh, something that uh, we've never seen in these parts outside of the Breeders' Cup. I'm counting them up. I see. There's one, two, three, four, five. Six on what day is this? It's gonna be September, right? 
September 9th, Saturday, September 9th, Kentucky Downs is going to run six $1 million races Wow! at, at the uh, European-style track in Franklin, Kentucky. The ladies' turf, one mile, ladies' marathon, a mile and five-sixteenths, the, uh, the Franklin Simpson Stakes, six and a half furlongs for three-year-olds. The ladies' sprint for Phillies and Mary, six and a half furlongs. The Kentucky Turf Cup at a mile and a half. And the Turf Sprint, which is a grade two, by the way, mm. six furlongs. In addition to that, the week prior, they're going to have a $2 million race. And I'm looking for that. It's the Mint Millions. And I can't find it. Here it is right here. The week prior. So this is September 2nd. The Mint Millions, $2 million, and a lot of this is uh, due to the KTDF fund going to supplement. In the Mint Millions case, it's half the purse. So if you're a Kentucky bred, you're running for $2 million. If you're not wow. a Kentucky bred, you're running for half that. Man, and I done. believe that's the same for the other races. Uh, it looks like the, the, the races on the ninth, most of them are $400,000 from the KTDF. So uh, big, big, that's that's going to be fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. I think you just made Mike Maker's Day, didn't you? I mean, as if he didn't point to that meat as it is. I mean, I'm yeah. sure he really is now. Mike Maker, ought, Wesley Ward. Yeah, know, Wesley Ward. Yeah. We ought to have him on for one of his lengthy, spirited, uh, frolicking interviews, asking what he thinks about. And then 45 seconds later, when it's over, uh, we can discuss uh, the ramifications of it. Right. Uh, Maker is known to be a, a quick, quick-witted, fast interview. Yes. Brevity. Brevity is a strong suit. Brevity, Mike Maker, brevity is thy name. <laughs> yes, but also winning races at Kentucky Downs is his name. So how do, how do you feel about that? Because uh, um, they raised a takeout, too, am I right? In addition, they raised yeah. a takeout by percentage point, and there's I, some other issues they have. I'm down so, on Kentucky Downs, to be honest with you. I mean, this would be a good meet to, sh- to prove a point to those mm-hmm. guys down there. like. Because they raise, you know that that's what they were been known for for the last several years is that low takeout, and they are just killing it with all the people driving from Nashville to to I guess spend the night there now and right. and play those fake slot machines, which is is a good thing for our state. But uh, I'm just I'm sad because that was that was a cool place to go. You could bring your lawn chair down there and have a great view of the finish line. Walk down to the paddock and see the horses if you want to. Now that all that is by the wayside, I, I, I assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hotel is taking the place of where I used to sit. And uh, now if you want to get anywhere close to the finish line, you have to buy a $100 plastic table. Uh, we talked about briefly off air. It's like, you know, I can afford $100. If I wanted to, I can afford $100 again. I don't want to do it. That's a different story. It's like we just, I was mentioning to you earlier, I can afford a $12 beer. I don't want to buy a $12 beer. It doesn't matter. How much money you have or how much money you don't have is irrelevant to, to a lot of this stuff. So I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I will always say it's a positive, but the purses go up strictly because a lot of people that we know that we've had on this podcast, we like some of these local guys and girls, trainers and jockeys. Anytime they get to run for more money, I'm all for that. I, again, it's not about me and what I bet. I like seeing those guys do well. So I'm happy that they – now that said, they're going to have people come from out of town and probably take a lot of that. But I always like seeing – our guys, our local guys get the ch- chance to uh, fatten their bank accounts. 
but I'm with you overall. I'm with you because of the takeout, and I love Kentucky Downs. It plays into it plays into my handicapping style. I, I love the wide open races and the chance to find prices and stuff. So, uh, but I, I agree. I, I, they they priced you out of going, you know, and it's. Uh, they could they could upgrade some of their amenities on track, don't you think, with some of that money as well as the, maybe reduce the takeout, don't you think so? Well, it's just like everything else in the world. I mean, the the, the casino parlor is going to be the place to be, and then everything else is going to be second class. That's yeah. I mean, if you've ever been in that facility, in fact, the the casino hall is as beautiful and clean as any place you'll ever go to, and then you go upstairs to the simulcast parlor, and it looks like a dump inside. Well, yeah, it's, I remember because I've only been one time where I've attended the races. I think we went a couple of years ago, and it's like there's a it's like there's bingo halls in there. It's adjacent to it, like kept you know that kind of that right. kind of feel. So, I mean, it was a place to sit, but at the same time, yeah, I wish it was better. I wish they would reconsider some things. Is the races intriguing? Because again, those races usually don't have much of an impact on any year end. Uh, Breeders' Cup Classic, Breeders' Cup races, it seems like. It's almost like they're their own entities and, and such for the most part. Because horses that do well, they don't necessarily take their game elsewhere. But then again, it, it, that can be a destination race for people with those kind of purses. Uh, for people like Mike Maker with, with some of his grade three types. But I don't know. I'm with you. I, I agree with you for the most part. Did you see American Rascal today? I, I was at work. I don't get to watch much racing during the week. But I, I remember that horse was running. And I clicked on, and I was like, and it's one of those deals where you see a, like a two-year-old in chase mode. Uh, lots of times two-year-olds will start, stop running down the stretch, or the horse that gets out of lead will go. And it's like, well, he's in second. It looks like he's going to pass the horse late because, you know, the, the two-year-old who was in front quit. He powered by him easily. He cantered. They, that's hard to canter in a four-and-a-half furlong two-year-old race, but that horse cantered. Uh, wow. Sometimes the margins can get a little crazy because of horses stop running or young and experienced, but, I mean, that was impressive, right? The son of Curlin out of Lady Aurelia. And, of course, she's pretty much known for her wins at Royal Ascot uh, during her career. I remember I, – I can't remember the names of the races off the top of my head, but uh, it was uh, two of the more important races, and she was absolutely fantastic over there. And, uh, yeah, that now we've got a son of Curlin going four and a half furlongs. That's uh, – uh, dogs will be kissing cats before we Thanks. know it, but – Think he'll that go was, further. He'll go further. <laughs> right. So, uh, and well, last but not least, a big time carryover at Keeneland on Friday. Hopefully, people will be listening to this prior to that. But uh, I'm looking up the mount right now. Keeneland carryover. It's got to be in excess of eight hundred thousand. I think it was eight fifty, eight sixty, something. Some in that ballpark. Yeah, it's something quite impressive. You know, eight fifty nine, eight hundred fifty nine thousand five hundred eighty four dollars, and uh, pick six is not my forte. Uh, Derby pun. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll be talking about him later, but uh, not my forte. But I do remember back in the old days. You remember Rick Cushing used to write for the Courier Journal. Oh yeah, some of the old timers uh, will remember him. There's some of the, some of the newer crowd to Churchill. Some of the people there now may not remember Rick Cushing. I bet you Sack remembers Rick Cushing. Uh, Yo, I'm, yeah, I'm certain because yeah, his Sacks his, old school. He, his analysis was always uh, for Churchill and Keeneland, I believe he was always, well, at least for Churchill. He wrote. He's in the Courier Journal. It's in our local paper, the Courier. Yeah, Journal. for the, for the Courier Journal. I, I looked at him. I've always thought he'd be a great guest. Uh, he's a oh yeah, 
intelligent guy. I looked him up. He, of course, unfortunately, he passed away about four years ago. But I, I've got to read this blurb from his obituary. Uh, Rick will be cremated and has instructed that his ashes be spread at the centerfield wall of Forbes Field in Pittsburgh, home of the Pirates from 1909 to 69, and the site of many of Rick's fondest memories. He previously had wanted some of his ashes to be spread at Churchill Downs, but has recanted. He revered the Kentucky Derby, but despised Churchill Downs' money-grubbing ways. Oh, and he, man. And he didn't want to be found dead beneath the $160, or excuse me, $160 million edition in 2003 <laughs> to the stands with abominable sight lines caused by an incompetent design and inadequate elevation between rows. If you aren't in the very first row, you can't see the stretch run. That was in his Courier Journal obituary. Oh, that's that's pretty hard. I don't know if I completely agree with that. I, mean, I, I think I've always been able to see pretty well at Churchill, unlike some other tracks that have trees in the infield and stuff. But I mean, <laughs> I admire him going out with a bang, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I always remember about him, and again, some of the older people will, will remember him, and some of the other. Uh, locals we had around here as you said he did Churchill and Keeneland and he always used the phrase facile tally horse was coming off a facile tally meaning an easy win and what was the other one I mentioned or whatever uh that was the one I was with facile tally he did a pretty good job he was fairly solid things the game was different back in the day the pick fours the pick fives the prep the, of course the internet there was no internet wagering and you know they printed the the, the race results for even like the, the red mile and turfway in the in the paper and Ellis Park, you know, Churchill and, and Keeneland would get charts on a full page. And then the yeah. Turfways and the Ellis's and the, the Red Miles and what, and what the hell, even Bluegrass Downs or people who really don't remember that stuff. Uh, that would be like in the scorecard where the uh, the box scores of baseball games and, and whatnot were batting averages and such. So they would just have the results for those. But things in were other different words, back then. In other words, the good old days. The good old days. Hell yeah, it was the good old days. You know, that, yeah. That's something we probably should do every single race card if we're going to play Kentucky racing is just review the, the charts. Which they're right there at our fingertips, but I just don't do it anymore. I used to, used to do it every day when I had the newspaper. It's a valuable thing to do because it's a, it, especially for pace, especially for pace. Uh, I, I used to, I mean, of course we had a little more technology, but I had a tendency to use, do my, my same thing every time, but I always went over the charts. Yeah, without question. Okay. You're right. Good old days. Good old days. Yeah. Well, you got that right. More ways than one, but, uh, that's for our other podcast. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's get to our guest, uh, who is patiently waiting right now. Okay. As we alluded to earlier, we have a special guest tonight and that guest is handicapper Jeff Bessa. Jeff is, uh, the, basically the, the founder of chartinghorsevalue.com. Uh, Jeff's been in the game a long time. He's coming to us tonight from texas uh just north of dallas and uh he's going to uh, hopefully explain his product i've got a lot of questions for him and we're going to talk a little derby first and then then get into some races on friday at keeneland but uh jeff first of all how are you doing i'm doing great thanks for having me uh and i've seen your guys' show or heard it before and i'm glad to be on awesome Jeff, uh, you've been in the game a long time, I understand, uh, dating back to the 80s. That's kind of when I got in, into the to the sport. Uh, tell us about uh, how you discovered racing and, and then how you got to where you are right now. Well, I was in the uh, I was at UCLA getting an electrical engineering degree, and it was my freshman year in college. I was walking down the dorms, 
and there was this party going on in one of the rooms, and they invited me in. They go, Jeff, Jeff, come on in. And they were watching the Kentucky Derby. This is the 1986 Kentucky Derby. And they said, you can buy, uh, we're doing this little raffle, and you can buy a, a post position. And I said, okay. So I, it was $3, and winner takes all. And I drew post number one. That was the last time the one horse has won, Ferdinand. Ferdinand, Ferdinand. 1986. So that's what I first got exposed to the horses. And then I met a buddy in college, and we started talking about it, and uh, we started going. And I think the very first derby I bet on was uh, the one that Winning Colors won. Uh, I bet on private terms. Oh. You remember him? Anyway, yeah. uh, my, friend, my friend loved Winning Colors. He bet on Winning Colors. I bet on private terms. And then, uh, you know, and then the rest is history. Yeah, so I, so I got into it back then. And I was going to the races probably more than I was going to classes, to be honest with you. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> but I got my electrical engineering degree and uh I joined the Navy. I became a submarine officer uh stationed out of Hawaii. And uh so wasn't able to go to the horse races uh very often during that time period. But I still would watch all the derbies, watch all the big races. And I'd been playing around with a, a system that, you know, really is what I sell on my website, uh, but it was very basic back then. I was trying to generate a pr the probability. I was trying to figure out what's the probability the horse is going to win this race. And then I could just go to the track with these probabilities. And then I would just look at the tote board. And this was back in the day. You know, there was no, I don't, I don't even think they were mingling pools yet. I mean, like when you went to Santa Anita, you were betting into the Santa Anita uh, pool. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, eventually everything gets integrated and co-mingled. But, uh, you know, I would just sit there and I would look at, well, which horse is giving me the value? And uh, so that's really when it was created. It was just a hobby for me. I had a long career. I got out of the Navy. I had a long career in the uh, high-tech semiconductor industry. And then I retired a few years ago. And I decided to start to sell the product that I've been using for 25 years. Define value from your point of view. From my point of view, value is when a horse is going to pay you, whatever pool you're in, whether it's Windpool or Exacta or Daily Double or whatever, where you're going to get paid more than you should if that horse wins. Preach. Preach on, yes. I mean, I don't Preach. care what pool you're in, but you got you got to be getting more back than your probability of success. Uh, and obviously, it's not easy to figure out. Um, but, uh, that's, that's what I, that for me, that's what I define as value. So value, um, you know, when I first, the very first thing, um, there's this book I read a long time ago called Dr. Z's beat the racetrack. And it was a book about betting to place and show. <clears throat> and it was using the wind pool to find value in the place and show pools. Uh, and it wouldn't work anymore because of the way the money moves around in the sport and in the handle. But, and it was very boring, honestly, way to play the horses. Okay. Betting to play show. But, uh, it taught me, that's when I started to learn the mathematics of how to predict a horse's chance of winning and chance of success. But it was working. I mean, even back in that day when I was betting the place to show, I was able to crank out a little bit of a profit, uh, because I was getting back more than I should. 
now, Jeff, tell us about your product now, this, uh, the, the website Charting Horse Value. Tell us about uh, you know, what, a, what a day of your product costs or a subscription or, or, yeah. or whatever, however, however you, whatever it takes to, to buy a, or I have access to it. All right, so the monthly subscription is $30, which is a dollar a day. Not bad. And, and I tell people that, honestly, you don't need anything else. You know, you can go look at some past performances if you got them. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, your eyes will trick you, okay? But uh, you could theoretically go to the track. In fact, I do it all the time. Most of the time I go to the track, I sit with my chart and nothing else. Mm-hmm. And so $1 – and $1 that day or $30 a month gets you every single thoroughbred race in America. Yeah. Okay. You get my chart. Yeah. It's a bargain. Now, if you want, if you really like it, I probably got 50 customers that have now become annual. So they pay me an annual subscription, which is 300. And then I just started on PayHip a way of selling my product per day. And that's typically $10 a day on the weekend. Uh, so if you're not sure you want to dive in for 30, you can buy that for $10 and enjoy a day. And then if you like it, you can subscribe and save, save a lot of money. But that's, that's the product and the fee. What you get is you get the chart. And I know we're going to talk about the chart here in a minute, but you get that chart for every single thoroughbred horse race in America every single day. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Well, it, it is not that much work. You know, because I've automated so much. The program's in place, yeah. Yeah, the program's in place, and it's the exact same math. I mean, I do have to get the data in, and, you know, so depending on how many tracks there are running in a day, you know, it might take me a, an hour to get the data in, but uh, it's not that much work. Well, I hate, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> you hate to say that, right? But, no. yeah, it's, you know, I, I, it's not taking too much work. I spend I think- much more time uh, marketing than I do uh, working. I think your product has value, no pun intended. Yeah. Uh, and just just for the the idea, if if this can spit out a a double digit or, or high price selection or a horse that uh, you know may be higher odds than he should be, that's good enough reason to bet a horse right there. If you just just find one reason to to to, to bet a long shot, I yeah. think that's uh, that has value. You know, now uh, it's not going to happen every race. Like some right. races, there's really not value, and I'll, I'll show you that. And some races, you're going to find these really cool long shots. You know, uh, I, they happen so often, I can't even talk about them. I mean, they happen every day. Right. Uh, hit a 17 to one shot the other day at Parks, and uh, and you know, it's interesting. Right on the chart, I have a value column, and that's comparing my odds that I calculate with the morning line. Okay. So that may not be the true value of the horse, but uh, um, it's incredibly powerful for this this game that they created, Stable Duel. Yes. Okay, because Stable Duel, you basically are drafting this uh, roster of horses based on the morning line. Yeah, and, and that's morning, it's kind of an easy game, isn't it? Yeah. yeah the, well, the morning line is hosed sometimes, so yes. bad. So I'm able, like today, I played stable duel. I did really well. I took 18th place. Again, didn't look at a past performance. And what killed me was my short price favorites that I played. I They got destroyed. 
But all the big long shots I played, I had 15 to 1 shots and 20 to 1 shots and 12 to 1 shots. They all did great. In fact, my winners came from the long shots. Um, and they, granted, they were all bet down. None of them actually went off 15 to 1. But, uh, I basically, I'm, I'm finding the value. Um, and sometimes they stay up there. Sometimes they stay up at 17 to 1, 20 to 1. Uh, and I, then, then they're great to bet then too. But, these for stable duel, boy, you can you can beat that game using my yeah. charts. You are 100 percent right about that, Jeff. I'm, I I don't get to play it very much because it, in Kentucky they only use Keeneland and, and Ellis, but it is a uh-huh. I hate to be almost some braggadocio, but it is a kind of a beatable game if you know if you know how to find value in the morning line, and it's not that yes. hard. To do. And I'm sure your product definitely helps with that. It does. And so, like today, I think in the last race. Uh, I had a horse either at 12 to one or 15 to one uh, as a seven horse. And um, I don't know what it got bet down to, but uh, maybe four to one, but uh, it was sitting on top of my chart was, was, was the obvious play at uh, 12 to one. Now four to one, you know, maybe you got to make a call. I'd have to go back and look at the chart. If the horse was still uh, a good play at four to one, but uh, you know, a stable deal, it was a play all day. Uh, but you know, I, you could find the plays where the the morning light doesn't move that much and still hit some good long shots. And I do believe, at the end of the day, the key to making money at horse racing is the long shots. It's the overlays. Uh, it's the you, overlays. You, yeah, you got to get the overlays that are going off at good odds. You know, uh, I get some of these these bets, and I know I'm get I'm betting on a five to one horse, but I'm getting fifteen to one. I may not win. I only got maybe a 20, 15%, 20% chance to win, but I'm getting a humongous overlay. Um, and those are, the, it's hard to get that kind of overlay on a three to one shot. Very hard. Let okay. Me ask you, so, I'll, 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 real, real quick. So value comes in a lot of different forms, right? And I consider myself a value player and stuff. It's a little harder these days sometimes. Because sometimes the CRW people see exactly what you see and stuff, and then they'll correct the board. Yeah. Uh, but when you define value, see, value can be that six to one shot that goes off eleven to one. It can be that uh, nine to one shot that goes off twenty two to one. Those are the obvious cases. But using your program, uh, it does, does it define value as hey, this horse is, should be four to five and he's nine to five. Uh, would your program break it down to those small odds? Because again, value is is a relative term, right? Is absolutely. And I, so my formula, I have an actual formula for value. Okay. And so what I do is I take the expected value of the bet. Okay. So let's say the horse is five to one, but should be two to one. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he should, he has a 33% chance of winning. And so 33% chance times five, five to one. Right. Minus 66% chance of losing. So that's the expected value, which works out to about 90 cents. Okay, I'm just doing this in my head. All right. So then I take that number, 90 cents, and I divide by the odds, which is five to one. Okay. Now that sounds a little strange, but trust me, I get it. It is the formula. So basically, you 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 want to bet where you have expected profit, and you want to increase your wager when you have expected profit, and you also want to increase your wager when you have a higher probability of winning. Right. So if I have, let's say, um, let's say I have a 40% edge on a 20 to one horse. Okay. 
And then on, I also, in another scenario, I have a 40% edge on a three to one horse. Well, I want to bet more on a three to one at 40% than I do a, a 20 to one at 40% expected profit. So, because I have more chances of losing, I, I, I still have a pretty big chance of losing betting on a 21, even if I got a 40% edge. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So you want to ratio your bet and that's what that value column is. Now, granted, it's using um, the morning line. Now, if I ever get sophisticated enough, you know, and maybe someday I'll have this, you know, where the odds are updating live and it's a live tool and, you know, scratches are getting updated and it's a live tool and odds, I could have live value. You know, I mean, I might eventually get there. That would be amazing. Uh, Yeah, I just don't have the programming skills to do that and I don't have the money to go pay for it. So uh, that's where we're at. Go ahead, CC. I'm going to have some follow-ups with this because I do find this interesting because I'm, I believe in value and I'm pretty good at math and I know what horses should be and stuff. So there, there are some things I'd like to have, but go ahead, CC. Well, what we're going to do, we're going to look at three races on Friday. Okay. Races one, four, and nine. What we're going to do, I'm going to, with your permission, I'm going to post these sheets on our Facebook page and and our twitter page okay so people are listening can follow along if you want to go you know um, look at these races and see what jeff's talking about go check those places out also while you're at it shameless plug uh, make sure you like our facebook page subscribe to the podcast on apple spotify iHeartRadio, whatever you want to do and then uh and uh, follow us on twitter as well so, we don't ask people enough to do that, do we? We just assume people do it. <laughs> that may be the first time in 141 podcasts I've ever asked anybody to do that. So. We're lucky we have people listening, but we do have quite a few listeners, so maybe they'll maybe they'll increase a little bit. Go ahead. Okay, so you got my permission, and let's talk about it. Okay, good deal. So uh, April 21st, we're going to look at race one. This is a $25,000 claimer. Open the claimer, four years old and upwards for, for males, mile and the 16th. And, uh, well, Jeff, just, uh, uh, take it away. The, the, okay. the three horse Shad, Shadrack is the seven to five morning line favorite from the yeah. three hole for K.O. Caramori and Raylu Gutierrez. Take it away, Jeff. I mean, I could talk about these, this for a long time and I do, I have tutorial videos on my website. I got blogs on my website. Uh, so I, I can't go into too much crazy detail here, but let's just focus first of all on the column PFDS odds. That's the original system I told you guys about. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so the, these numbers are what I consider the fair odds line for these horses. Now, this is one way of doing it is a highly mathematical, very statistical way. It's fantastic. It does have problems. Okay. I mean, there are, doesn't catch every favorite, uh, so this Shadrach, I have this Shadrach at 4.5 to 1. Okay, okay, so that's an underlay. However, I then do something else. I look, I do a bunch of other analysis, pace handicapping, speed figures, workouts, etc. jockey trainer, and I come up with this letter grade on the right, and you'll see Shadrach does get a K. That's the highest letter grade I give to a horse. And I've done some math on this. K horses win about 37 to 40% of the time. Wow. wow. Okay, so that horse is the most likely winner. I'm not going to bet it, though. Okay? I'm going to clearly bet the five. Okay? 
Now, every race, I give one horse, only one horse, but I do it every single race. I give a plus. You see a little plus? So that's a B plus. Uh, the only one horse a race can get that plus. That to me, that's my analysis of the best wager in this race based on the morning line, probability winning, etc. So now some race, now over here on the left in this DS column, you'll see this asterisk one asterisk. That's a score from zero to five that I give every race. So this is a bad race. Okay. Uh, a one is a pretty, you know, not a great betting race. And there's a bunch of factors that go into that, but primarily I'm saying I don't have a ton of confidence betting this race, but if you forced me to, I would bet pH factor, the five at six to one. Okay? I like your rationale. I like your rationale there. Keep going. Yeah. And the horse gets $9 of value with that formula I described. Now this horse does, by the way, that little C3 over there, that means third off the claim. I got a trainer score, a jockey score. Now, this horse is an F9. That's a front runner with a 9, 90% chance of being on the lead. So, I mean, this horse does have the potential to be lone speed. That's a big advantage, okay? Uh, that is factored into the PFTS odds, okay? That's the F for fitness. I'm sorry, the P for pace. So, PFTS stands for pace, fitness, distance, and surface. So, I'm looking at all the horse's past performances, and I'm I'm translating those past performances to today's conditions. Distance, surface, class level, number of horses, the pace, the fitness, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, so pH factor is the horse I like the most. Gets the B plus. So, okay. Go ahead. I'm, Let me can I ask you something real quick. Yeah, I got a question too. Okay. So what do you what minimum odds do you need on pH pH number one, what minimum odds do you need on pH factor? that you want to bet, that you need, of course, the CRW changes things. Right. Number one. And number two, when you mentioned Shadrack, you believe Shadrack's the most likely winner. Let's say that the morning line is bad at seven to five. Yeah. It's unacceptable to bet. But what would there be a chance that he could float to it somewhere where you would be interested in betting him? What would be acceptable for you? You said 4.5 to one, so would, that have to be, would he have to float all the way to nine to two, which is highly unlikely? Uh, that Yeah. I, I would consider betting Shadrack at two to one. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, just based on the K. Okay. I mean, you can, you, you can look at all the different factors. You could just say, I'm going to go off PFTS odds and 4.5. If I don't right. get it, I'm not going to bet it. Or you could say, Hey, maybe I'm a little wrong on my PFTS odds there. And he is, does get a K. Um, and you said that the K's win 37, 30% of the time historically. So at two to one, that's getting close to that number, right, from a percentage standpoint, I yeah, guess. Yeah, so the one is 33%. So I know I'm right. getting a little edge there. So I'm being conservative. Now, one of the things I don't like about this Shadrach is over there in the fitness column, it's an N3. So that's a horse. That horse is coming off a three-month layoff. That's what the three means. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you don't even have to look at past performance. It's all in here. It's all there, yeah. It's all in here, okay? But N3, and the N is the workout rating. So the – I either give a Q or an N, and that horse gets an N. I'm sorry. I don't like betting horses off three-month layoffs with N workouts. So I probably would not bet this horse even at two-to-one. Gotcha. Gotcha. But pH factor, you know, by the way, nice chemistry name. (laughs) uh, You know, I think that horse is one, two, three, fourth in the morning line. We're probably going to get seven to two. 
and he's lone speed potentially. You know, he's got to get the lead, but he's potentially lone speed. So that's a good bet. Now, there's another column here called best odds. Okay. Now, best odds. Try and I'll give you. An, I'll, we'll show. I'll show you something on one of the other races we talk about. But I'm isolating on a single race for every horse. <clears throat> it's a little more complicated than that, but pH factor goes from 3.5 to 12 to one. That's not a good sign. Okay. Uh, usually that means the horse might be coming out of a bad race, could be in bad form. That's a. That's you know I'm a little concerned by that. Okay, like I said, this is an asterisk one asterisk race. This is not, uh, you know, this is not a gold standard race to bet on. Gotcha, gotcha. The other thing is this energy column. That's like my little speed figure I come up with. Uh, and you can see Shadrach is by far the fastest at 95, and no other horse is really even close. I'm sorry, 93. I was looking at late speed. 93 on energy, no one's even close. So that horse is by far the fastest. And 82 on pH factor is a little bit slow. Um, you know, pretty, pretty average, you know, I'd want, honestly, I'd probably want every bit of that six to one, even though it says 3.5, I, you know, I, I want to get a good price on pH factor. Okay. I got you. CC. And that's kind of question I wanted to know, or wanted to ask you is, uh, can you, can you derive a, a, a price off of this sheet that you want to bet a horse at? Well, I mean, you can, Okay. Um, you could be really uh, rigorous and just say, I'm going to use that PFTS odds com, and I, I don't think you'd be going wrong there. Um, that's probably the best price I, I can give you. I'll tell you, a beat, I did a, bit, a bunch of math on, on Oaklawn this year. Uh, every single race I, I did this math on, uh, and I think B horses were winning about um, 18 19%. Okay, so this horse got to be, um, and so 19, 19% is about four, about nine to two, right? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying 3.5. The B is saying nine to two. It's kind of like two different ways of looking at it, right? So the PFDS odds has one way of looking at it, and the letter grade has kind of a different way. But I think, you know, I, I would be pretty happy at nine to two on that horse. The other interesting thing is, and this is true every single race at Oaklawn through about two weeks ago. I haven't got the data for the last two weeks, but through the, through 470 races, the plus horse ROI, just betting the plus horse every single race, is negative one percent. Wow, really? That's pretty freaking good. That is that that, that okay. destroys the takeout. Okay, the takeout gone, negative one, and that's betting every crappy race out there. No matter the conditions, no matter, you know, and then I start to show the customers, hey, if you limit it to, you know, A horses with the plus or, or K horses or even B horses, you know, now you can eke out four, seven, 17 percent profit, depending on the filters you put in place. I think I had one filter that you still were going to crank out 17 percent profit. You're betting almost half the races at Oakland. But B-plus by itself, you know, I mean, that's going to win about 19% of the time and, you know, negative 1% ROI. Perfect. Okay, let's move on to uh, a race that apparently has good betting value. That's uh, race number four, which is a maiden, Phillies and Mares, three and up, mile on the 16th. 
And looks like the Braille horse loved from Brendan Walsh, Godolphin, is two to one. Tyler Gaffley on the board. But uh, this race is rated a five. That's that's the highest value, correct? It is. Okay. Okay. Now the the that number will always be associated with the plus horse. So that number of five is basically rating how good that plus horse is. And so the plus horse here is number two, autism community. Uh, and you see it's an A plus. I'll, I'll talk about that S in a minute. It's pretty hard to get an S. Okay. But that's a $17 a value horse. It's very strong. Okay. Uh, there's a couple other horses in here with nice value too. And the reason is, I hate loved. Now watch tomorrow. Love's going to go win. You know, I'm going to look like a fool, but let's hope not. But this two to one favor by love is very far down on my chart. Okay. Coming off a 13 month layoff. I don't know. I, you know, now the horse does have some speed at 85 energy is decent. This PFTS percentage. We didn't talk about that yet. That's a score I give from basically zero to one, but you can actually go above one if you, if everything is really perfect, but it's, it's how well you fit today's race. And 0.6 is low. Now, if it gets to 0.4 or 0.5, you'll see it turn brown, like the bedtime for Buffy. But, uh, loved is 0.6. That's not good. And you can see 40 to one of PFTS odds. I know that's wrong, but the point is, this is an underlay. This is an underlay all the way, and it's creating a lot of value for other horses. Mm-hmm. And it, it only gets a C. I mean, this is an easy fade for me. A race like this, I would be really interested in. I would definitely play Autism Community to win. But then I'd probably use the 2, 7, and 8. All three of those have value in serial uh, wagers. So if I was, you know, uh, playing a daily double or a pick three or something like that, I would look at using all three of them and, and definitely beating this one. <clears throat> okay, I have a question about this one. Uh, okay. Does, by any chance, does this take into account pedigree? No. Okay. No pedigree analysis. And I've been recently contemplating, i got to go look at what kind of pedigree data I have. Uh but uh, in, in my in my data set, and I've been thinking about coming up with a pedigree rating. I'd have to make a new column for that. But as of today, no pedigree is ever factored in. Trainer and jockey are obviously factored in. Workouts are factored in. So for first-time starters, you can get a feel for this bedtime for Buffy. That's a first-time starter. Uh, obviously, negative one trainer, negative two jockey doesn't look too good. Uh, so I don't think I would touch that horse. But uh, – uh, no, no pedigree. Well, let me let me uh, interrupt real quick along those lines. Then I could almost make the case that pedigree is somehow um, somehow factored in there because pedigree factors into the price, and you're all about the price, right? So, like the pet, one of the reasons this horse is two to one in the morning line is the pedigree. Is it's Godolphin? It's by Medaglia There's a uh, a pretty nice. She's have a pretty nice mare. So I would say that the, the phrase baked in the price, maybe the pedigree is baked in the price in some roundabout way. Is that a possibility? Am I reading that wrong? Because well, it's that, definitely, baked, it's definitely yeah. baked into everything. It's baked into what jockey they got. Right. What trainer they got. Um, yeah, it's baked in. And I just, 
my gut feel like you know you got those stats out there on uh, you know let's say uh, Sire for first time stretching out maybe you got some uh, pedigree data on uh, a, a Sire. Um, I just don't know if there's any money to be made in that stuff. So right, uh, it's a lot of very small, very generic numbers being given. Um, potentially, maybe there is some money to be made, but. Um, I didn't factor it in. It's not factored into my charts right now. Gotcha. Well, I look at it. I know the horse will be favored strictly because of connections, because of jockeys stretching out, uh, the workout of the pattern. It's owned by Godolphin, uh, and it's got the rails probably going to try to shoot to the front. All those factors. You're saying he's an underlay at two to one. I believe he's going to be much lower than two. She's going to be much lower than two to one. So you can almost argue that in actuality, if you think there's other horses who are, uh, better prices, then that actually is going to inflate by tomorrow, right? Because I believe this horse will take money. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, you know, every you know, one race in, is always dangerous, right? To right, you can exactly. Make any friends off one race. Yes. And this horse could be, you know, I don't know who this horse is, but this horse could be ready to explode, you know, like uh, American uh, Rascal today, you know. Yeah. But well, that doesn't necessarily make it a good bet long term, right? This horse yeah, is yeah, four or five. Yeah, I'm thinking probability. This mm-hmm. kind of horse on paper, uh, I'm going to bet against this kind of horse on paper. And, and in the short term, maybe it, maybe the horse errs, but at the same time, a hundred times out of a hundred, if you if you use your system, and you know you fade this horse a hundred times out of a hundred over time, you'll come out ahead. Is I that, guess what we're surviving. Exactly. Right. That's exactly right. You got to have a good alternative to bet on. In this case, exactly. I think we do with autism community. I think, by the way, <clears throat> autism community. That horse has a ten trainer score. That's really good. Eight jockey score. One of the top two jockeys. I mean, really good late speed. Eighty-seven. The horse is stretching out. I like horses that have good late speed stretching out. If you look at this early speed, late speed split. 77 to 87, that's mm-hmm. unusual. The horse probably does need to stretch out. The 82 energy is pretty darn solid. Um, and, uh, you know, you can see this best odds of 2.5. That horse really improved on best odds. So I think this horse is very live. Now, this S, I, I wanted to talk about that. So I give this S for spot play um, very rarely. I don't know how many times I'm giving it um, at Keeneland on tomorrow might be the only time but it's got to be high value um good letter grade and no warts no warning signs and this horse qualifies okay Um, so earns the spot play designations the spot play designations uh i did a study on this for a few months a couple summers ago was flatbed profitable Hmm. no kidding Wow. Yeah, flat, flatbed profitable. In fact, the Oaklawn, I did it again at Oaklawn. There's been 43 spot plays at Oaklawn for my data, and it's only 43 horses out of 470 um, races, so not many. Um, but f- flatbed, 17% profit, if that's the only thing you bet is spot plays. That's like Brandon's pick three wagers. <laughs> <laughs> you'll meet Brandon someday there. Uh, okay. Jeff. You'll meet. Yeah, you'll that's, meet Brandon. that's kind of an inside joke. Sorry. Yeah. I, I do I have a question. Tell. What I What if uh, one of these horses, let's, let's say, love scratches in the morning? Yeah. What, what do we do in, in situations like that? 
a great question. Uh, well, I, I, you know, theoretically I could rerun the chart and take loved out. Uh, but I don't do that because I can't possibly do that uh, the day of. And all yeah. these scratches come out randomly. It's just too much work. So, you know, if if love scratches, a lot of the value goes away. There's no doubt about it. Right. Now, the, the relative um, the relative rank of the horse won't change. You know, the, the 8.7 would obviously go uh, – well, the 8.7 wouldn't change that much uh, because this horse is a 40 to 1. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I, 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 so here's the thing I'll say this value column, if you get a number bigger than 10, it's pretty darn significant. Okay. Getting three horses over 10 is very abnormal. That's probably because I'm so anti-love. Um, I still think autism community would be an overlay, but maybe the seven and eight, maybe they wouldn't be so much of an overlay anymore. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Those, those are a lot short. Those are the second and third choice in the wagering. Um, I don't like. I mean, the seven horse coming off a six month layoff gets the cue for workouts. So is good, but that's also another long layoff for an eight trainer, eight jockey. I mean, good connections, but um, yeah. I mean, I would say autism community would still be my play. I probably but, wouldn't play two seven eight in any serials. I would just stick to one bet. I would just stick to a win bet. And the horse is getting 18 pounds from love, right, CC? And a couple of those are 108 in that race. So something to keep in mind, or she is. 18 pounds? No, yeah, it's apprentice jock, and it's a three-year-old going against older. So, yeah, I'll be getting 18 pounds from most of the horses in the race. Wow. So, yeah, oh, that's, really? That's significant, okay. right. Is that factored in by any chance, the weight? The, the weight that the jockey carries? Yes. The horse carries? Yeah, weight's factored in. Cool. I like that. Yeah. Weight's okay. factored in. Uh, so apprentice jockeys are factored in. Yeah, it's a 10-pound apprentice going a mile and a 16th, so that 18 pounds will have a play in the race, I'm sure. So Pro- Probably need to keep an eye on that, though, because uh, I don't know if he rides at 108 or not. He might get a, a little bit of an overweight there, possibly. But I would be an overweight still- at 108, I can assure you that. Yeah. Now I don't do any overweights. Theoretically, I could go back into my charts. I used to do this when I was just running as a hobby. I would go in and I put down, I put in the overweights. But uh, I can't do it, you know, when I'm running every single track in America. <laughs> uh, you know, um, it's just too much manner work. So, so the apprentice is on autism community. Yes, and uh, I, I could see with that little weight, they may be telling him to send. There's not a lot of speed in that race. They could be telling this guy to send and, and hold on. It's interesting that an apprentice got an eight jockey score. That horse, that jockey must be winning. Uh, well, it may, be, it may be a simple fact that maybe the weight disparity is actually what adds up to, well, I don't know. I don't know the, the weight disparity doesn't go into the jockey score, but it goes into the PFDS odds. Gotcha. The jockey score is just based on win percentage. Okay. For the well, he's one for six, so seventeen percent's not bad. But he's, there you go. That's that's, that's and he's he's one for six lifetime. Uh, at least in this in this in this year in the, this okay. time frame. So maybe that that kind of, maybe that's why uh, Jonathan Wong put him on there because they want him to go to the front, and it's a mile sixteenth race, and with that type of a weight break, maybe he just flat sends. So. And you probably will get every bit of six to one, if not more, in, on that price. I believe, especially particularly if Love runs. So good luck, autism community. Yeah. 
Okay, let's go to the last, or, or excuse me, the, the last of our three race sample. That's the ninth race. It's the Double Dog Dare Stakes Grade Three, three hundred thousand dollar purse. Interstate Daydream, uh, really nice filly owned by Flurry Racing Stable, State and Flurry, who was a guest on our podcast uh, a few a weeks ago. ago. Yeah, yeah, and he he owns this filly, trained by Brad Cox, Florence Giroux, and the Irons. She ran third in her comeback behind Secret Oath and Clarier, the one-two finishers in reverse of the million-dollar Apple Blossom last Saturday. Interstate Daydream is six to five, and I see this race is ranked as a two, so not a lot of value here. But let's take a yeah, look at the list. I, I put it in there because it's the only stakes race, so I figured you guys want to talk about the stakes race. But yeah, it's not a great betting race, and if you look at the morning line column. They're sorted almost exactly by morning line. Okay, so that's another. That when I see that, I see that perfect little rainbow, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and then the, the violet at the bottom. When I see that perfect little rainbow, I know there's not a lot of value. Mm. Um, you know, and the other thing about this race is if you look at that energy. And you see 98 for Interstate Daydream and uh, 99 for Green Up. Those are big numbers. You know, a lot Frost points at 96, but the other horses are pretty far back. Um, and so those are, you know, those are the two favorites, uh, understandably. Um, not a great betting race right now on paper. I would be looking at Traverse. The one I, I my first line of sight is always going to go to that plus horse. Thirteen dollars of value. This horse looks at least competitive. It might be a little bit slow with the ninety-one energy, but um, now C plus is not a great letter grade. It's pretty weak. Um, C's win about twelve and a half percent of the time. So twelve and a half percent of the time. Eight to one. It's about eight to one, seven to one, eight to one, and that's what he's going off at. And my PFTS odds on him is six point five to one, so it's right there in the in the you know we're looking at seven to one, but it's not a great betting race. I mean, I I would have no argument if someone came to me and said I'm betting Interstate of Daydream, uh, I would say okay, yeah, you know you got a shot. Now this two three form cycle, that that thing, what that is telling you. And I highlight in green because it's really important. That means horses making second or third start at the layoff. And, you know, as you guys know, horses can improve dramatically uh, when, when that happens. So Interstate of Daydream might have a better chance of winning than that 2.6 to 1 on PFTS odds. Mm-hmm. Indicates. But it's still the lowest. That's the lowest number. So, you know, that system says that's the most likely winner. I don't know if I like 6 to 5, though. That's true. Let me fix ask you six this. Single. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe fix six. $898,000 carryover. Woo. Let me ask you something here real quick, Jeff. You're talking about Traverse, for instance. Now, yeah. we, we used to be mentioned that your, your program says it should be six and a half to one. He's eight to one in the morning line. And, uh, but you're not extremely crazy about betting the race. Okay. Yeah. So he's six and a half to, but do you get, do you start to get excited if you see Traverse at 14 to one? At 14 oh, yeah. ones, like, I've definitely got to bet. What, what what was a tepid race to me is now something I have to bet because he's beat, he's hit, like, maximum overlay territory, if that makes sense. Yes, totally agree. And, yeah, you got to watch that. 
Uh, and sometimes I don't. I don't watch that close enough. I'm so busy doing other things. Of but uh, when when horses drift up like that, I mean, I've seen five to one morning line horses who, on paper, I look at it, I have the horse maybe as a slight underlay at you know four to one, five to one morning line, and then they end up going off at twelve to one and they win. Yes. I mean, and they're they're they're, they're an overlay at twelve to one. Uh, but you know, those don't happen every day and they're hard to find, but you, you got to pay attention. I agree. If that horse drifted up to 14 to one, that's a good play. And so like people who buy this, who may not know as much about odds as some other people that will maybe, you know, maybe they do that. Maybe they know the game really well, but they don't know the odds. They could, they could just go by your program and, and they can fish out. They can learn how to fish out overlays for themselves. Right. And it's like, Jeff says this horse should be seven to one. He's 15 to one. I should bet this horse. I mean, is that in a simplistic fashion? Is is that one of the benefits of your program? Definitely. Yeah. And I I really feel like uh, you know there's a lot of tournament players out there, you know, horse tourneys or horse players, and you know they're trying to find price price horses, right? Uh, you know, in fact, they're trying to find those twenty to one shots. Uh, and you look at a race differently. I think my tool really helps people like that because yes, I would agree. Yes. I'm, cause I'm giving you data on every single horse. I'm not just saying who I think is going to win. Right. Which I think it's kind of a stupid question, right? Couldn't agree more. You know, so, uh, cause everyone could win, but what's the probability and when, when is it a, a good play? And for those tournament guys, they can really use this data very effectively. Yes. Um, in fact, I got a lot of tournament guys that are subscribers. Oh, really? So, yeah. Yeah, I do. A lot of them. You know, one of the things I try to explain to people, when because, again, I work at a place where a lot of people don't know horse races. They'll ask me things. And they'll be like, well, who do I, who should I bet in this race? Like, I try to explain to them. I try to explain to them, like, some of the, it's not about picking winners lots of times. It's about bet, finding the, the most attractive price. And I will explain to them, like, you may go to the store and see a pair of shoes, and you're not going to pay – you kind of like them, but you're not going to pay $70 for them, right? But if you go to the next store and the same pair of shoes in there for $20, all of a sudden you're going to buy them, right? It's it's value. We do it every day in our everyday lives, and that's kind of what this is in a nutshell. That's how I explain it to people. This would do this would do a better job of elucidating that to people. Yes. Uh, understanding value. Yes, exactly. I tell you, some customers, uh, they jump on board, and they really love it from the get-go, and they get better as they use it. You know, I can just look at these things now. I don't even look at a past performance, and I can get right. a feel for how I want to play it. All the data is here for me to look at. But, you know, many customers jump on board and they're like, yeah, I get it. I like this. This is easy to read. All the data is in such a concise amount of space. Then other people, man, they just can't get it. They really, it just confuses the crap out of them. They never, they never get it. And I, I, would, I try, I try to help them, but they, they won't. Some people just will not like my system. Well, I, I, what I, how I see this is, Learning horse racing to the level that no, you know, I'm not just that we know it, and other people yeah. who know more than we do know it. It's intimidating trying to learn this, looking at a pet, a business pet performance, a DRF, and trying to really ingest all of it and understand all of it takes time. It, it's hard to do. It's you know, it's it, it's a learned skill, and it takes a lot of years experience, and you're always learning. The thing that I would suggest to other people for your thing is that's a, you've got you've got all that. The cake is baked. It's a snapshot. It's an easy to read snapshot, right? You got to do a little bit, a little bit of learning. But if you do that, you you kind of like you've kind of jumped ahead of the line for those of us doing for thirty five years. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, in this race, um, you know, I don't think it's a great betting race. 
and in serial wagers, like let's say I was paying the pick late pick four or something like that, I probably would go three deep. I'd go one, two, four. Gotcha. I'd use the four top horse. I'd use the two gets that K, and I'm going to use that one gets the plus gets the, mm-hmm. gets the plus. I'm going to use those three um, in, in serial wagers. And I, and I you know I always have singles, okay. But th- to me, I wouldn't single this race because I, I you know I, granted, if you are going to single, you're going to single either the two or the four. Um, but I really, really, you know, I, I want to have that one on my ticket. The one that blows it up because everybody's yeah. going to go one deep. They're going to go two deep. The one blows it up, and that's the, that's the key to hitting the, the big time uh, horizontal wagers is get go a little bit off the beaten path or whatever and. They'll single us in Interstate Dream first, and then they'll you go. To, then they'll use two deep. It's it's the one that offsets the uh, upsets the apple cart. Even doesn't have to be that big of a price. Is the one that is the one that makes the exotics blow up. Absolutely. Mm. Now, one other thing I'll mention here is this rank column. We didn't talk about that. So the rank column is ranking the horses first, second, or third in five different categories. Okay. So the categories are um, risk net prime power, energy, PFDS odds, best odds, and then a final rank, which is the trainer and jockey. So anyway, you could take a look at, and only five horses out of the eight in this race get a rank. Okay. So four is second, 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 first, third. The two is first, first, third, third, first. Traverse is nothing, nothing, first, nothing, nothing. You know, even Frostpoint, nothing third, nothing, nothing second. You know, I mean, you could see the rank yourself. You know, you could see if they're third or fourth or fifth or whatever. But it is an interesting visual that I give customers as well. And th- those ranks ultimately, plus a few other factors, but those ranks are the primary drivers of the letter grade. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, cool. So you see, is it time to hit Derby with this man or not? Yeah, yeah, let's talk. Let's talk a little Kentucky Derby while we got an opportunity. Yeah, just uh, just over two weeks away. I know. And uh, uh, depending on how you look at things, it, it's it's really wide open or, or it's really cut and dried. But uh, uh, well, let's just throw it out there. Who who's tickles your fancy and 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 who are you against? Well, I'm going to tell you two two. I I, have, I like four horses right now, but I'm going to tell you two that I've been pretty high on. Uh, and one's getting a little bit of buzz is bothering me. But the first one I like is Derma Sodagaki. Uh, but recently this horse is getting a little bit of buzz. I'm worried the price is dropping. I thought I was going to get, right. you know, 20 to 1 on that horse. Now it's looking like more like 10 to 1. But um, I was really impressed by the way that horse won. Now the only negative I have on that horse, besides obviously the Dubai factor, but you know, but the big negative I have is that horse was speed on the rail in Dubai. And traditionally, speed on the rail is really good over that track. Um, so I'm a little, you know, I'm not overjoyed by this horse, but that horse really impressed me the way he came home. That horse was so full of run, destroyed that field. Uh, there was another really nice horse behind Dermasetagaki from, from, uh, I don't know where it was from, but it was, I think it was an O'Brien horse. But it was it, that horse also had a rail draw. It was right on the rail, right behind Dermasodagaki. That horse did nothing. That horse Cairo. Cairo, Cairo, yeah, yeah, yeah Cairo. 
That horse did nothing. I think the Japanese ran one, two, three. You know, then the Japanese send over Mandarin Hero. He he almost wins the Santa Anita Derby. I think I, I respect the Japanese contingent, and I think this horse is for real. What do you guys think of him? I, I tend to agree. To me, he's at the very least, you need to have him on a, and I think a lot of people will, any vertical wager that you do, right? Um, and then I would have, if, if you, you'd have to have him on top of any horizontal wager as an X factor, just in case he is the real deal, right? And then take the horse that you like most likely to run underneath him or whatever. I, you, I think you have to have, I, he, he has grown on me, obviously, and I'm with you. The price is going to drop. I think you're looking more along the lines of between seven to one and nine to one right now. I think the buzz will increase, particularly if he works well. But to me, he, if you don't have, unless there's someone that you really are on, if you're using a small collection of horses, you have to use Dermasodagaki along with it. CC? Yeah, you're going to hear a lot in the coming weeks about how the UAE Derby has not been a good prep for the Derby. Right. Yeah. But the Japanese have only brought over three horses total. Small sample size. Yeah, it's a small sample Steve size. Steve Captain back in the 90s, who was had no shot. And then uh, last year it was uh, Crown Pride. Crown Pride. And, Pride. and Master Fencer, who actually ran well. Ran a, ran a bang up race in that maximum security derby where he just had no room to run. And it was a slowish pace. And Leperu shot him up the rail, and I think he was in a photo for fifth or fourth or something like that. And, uh, yeah, the, the Japanese horses are, are going to have a little bit more dirt-oriented pedigree, I think. Yep. Yep. You can get a lot of Sunday silence in the pedigree, but, you know, this horse is by Mind Your Biscuits, who's one of the top freshman sires in Japan. And I, I, I think you have to respect them. Yeah. And I, the I, bottom I, side of that pedigree is long. That yeah. pedigree, that pedigree is going to run all day. And we're we're biased because we think of when we think of mind your biscuits, we think of a sprinter, six furlongs, a seven furlong horse, whatever. But right, but you know, apparently, you know, there, there's more on the bottom than just that. So there's, there's that a horse. ton of pedigree on the bottom. He stretched out later in his career. I, I'm, he ran in the Breeders' Cup Classic. Uh, I think he ran in the Woodward. Uh, maybe. Third or yeah. fourth in the or the Jockey Club Gold Cup. One of those. As he, as he got older, they relied on his pedigree to stay. Yeah. So yeah. Who else you like, Jeff? All right, the next one I like is kind of the underdog horse. I think I am going to get a price on this guy, and that's two fills. <laughs> oh yeah. And so a couple of things I like. First of all, I, I I like the story. I like his connections. I bet this horse to win uh, the Lecompte. Ran a good second to Instant Coffee. And then I think he ran a halfway decent third in the Risen Star. Um, and, you know, he was beaten, but he didn't run badly. And then he really moved up on the synthetic. And this horse might actually like the synthetic, might even like a little uh, little slop. But I got a theory that horses that like turf and like synthetic actually run pretty well at Churchill. It's, it's always been the argument that that is the case. I yeah, will tell you I that mean, in the round here. You know, you got Barbaro, you got Big Brown, you got Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, last year, Rich Strike. Rich Strike, yeah. You know, uh, back in the day, you know, when everyone was running on the uh, the synthetic, you had Pioneer the Nile and you had others. I mean, it's not the worst angle, okay? I, so, and he ran a very good number in the Jeff Ruby. Oh, yeah. And he looked good. And he, he won was at three Churchill. wide the whole way around that track. Three. He wide. was. 
and, and I make the case that he beat a better field than people think was in that race. Those the, the three horses he beat were solid horses that are not getting any love because they, they came out of the Jeff Ruby. It was Major Dude, it was Wadsworth, and it was uh, uh, the, the real uh, Fantastic by Wesley Ward. Those were three good horses he rolled by. The better horse than people think they are. He won by five lengths going away. Yeah. And he got yeah. the best, he's got the best buyer speed figure than any other horse in the race. And he won at Churchill going two turns as a two year old in the slop. So you can throw anything you want at him, right? I hope it rains. Okay. I, I, I was I, thinking I, the same thing. I, I won't be at the Derby this year. So I hope it rains and I'm going to be all over two fills. And you're going to get 15 to one. I well, I think I, people say he's going to get that. I, I think, I don't think he's going to be a big, but I think people will catch on. I'm assuming 12 to 15 to one range. Maybe I'm wrong. What do you think? What do you think, CC? I I have nothing against the horse. I, he he's got a win over the Churchill surface. Yeah. And yeah, he's he's uh it, it, had that, had he not won by so much at Turfway, I I think I would have tossed this horse. But that race was so impressive, you can't deny it. Well, yeah. Animal Kingdom went off of what like eighteen to one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I I think he's going to go off at close to twenty to one. I'd be I'd be uh, okay with that. You know. So, but, you know the. Uh, the other two I like a little bit, not as much as those top two. Um, I like Practical Move a little bit. I was a little disappointed with the Santa Anita Derby. Now, on the back stretch, he had everything I was looking for. This horse has great tactical speed. In fact, the jockey in, in the Santa Anita Derby and in the San Felipe, both times the jockey had his feet in the dashboard. Yes. Trying to slow the horse down. The horse was full of run. And both times the horse just gallops up the rail. Uh, you know, in the, the second time in Santa Anita Derby, he actually went through a tight window and he was just galloping. I mean, he wasn't even driving. Uh, I, so I'm, I'm really impressed by his tactical speed and the way his maturity running those turns and going up the rail. Um, in San Felipe, he really drove home strongly and he didn't drive home quite as strongly in the Santa Anita. And he almost got caught by Mandarin Hero. Um, but, you know, I kind of like him a little bit. and uh, But he's going to be probably third choice. So, I, I I don't know. And then the other one I like is Verifying. Amen. We're on the same page. We're on yeah. the same page, brother. Verifying, first of all, was highly, highly thought of. Okay. And almost beat Taffet Trice. So they lost, they lost by, you know. Ahead, I don't know what he lost by. He didn't lose by much. Uh, he got a much, obviously, he got the much better trip, and I, I get that. But he's going to get a better trip than Tapatrice again. In fact, the trip he gets in the Derby will probably be significantly better than Tapatrice's. Right. Exactly. So, exactly. I mean, to me, it's he's kind of a funny side. Okay, he got he lost to, was it Empire Maker? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, funny side lost to Empire Maker, ran really good in the wood, barely lost. And then wins the Derby. Verifying's got the same story. He ran really good. It was a long way back to third. Right. I mean, they crushed the third place horse. That horse ran good. And I feel like that horse is going to be, you know, I think that horse is going to be in double-digit odds and going to get a great trip. Might even be in the lead. But if he's not in the lead, he'd be second or third and going to get a great trip. And hopefully he can, you know, kick home and, and win. Well, we we you you picked the three horses that I'm looking at right now: the Sotagaki, Two Fills, and Verifying, uh, Jeff. So I'm sorry about that. I apologize for you losing it ahead of time. But uh, I, I maintain that if Verifying 
has one more forward movement, and why can he not win this race? I know. I, and, I mean, he, he had a bad trip in, in Arkansas, so you could argue he has another forward movement. I'd also throw in the, the codicil that Brad Cox continuously overperforms in the Derby. Uh, he does. He does. People have a tendency to forget Tawny Port was seventh last year at a monster price. Mandaloon is a Derby winner at 26 to 1. We forget that. Uh, his horses hey. run well in the Derby. And Mandaloon came out of that horrible Louisiana Derby where he, you know, I don't yeah. know, he bled or he, you know, he didn't run. Which and is what Verifying did in Arkansas, and he had a bad right. trip. And yes. Uh, we're forgetting Zozo. Zozo's run a, a sneaky good derby last year, two at a million to one. He did. So, so yeah, I'm with you. CC, what do he, you think? Yeah. Go ahead. CC, what do you think of Verifying? Well, I've got him at uh, 35 to one. For just so, you're, so you like his, so you like I, that. I don't even have to use him. I mean, I just, I only got $10 on him. I've got uh, him and Kings Barnes at 35 to one each. But I did want to ask you, I'm just looking at five of the last six years, the exotics payoffs have been ridiculous. Like, obviously, we know last year with Rick, Rich Strike. But prior to that, uh, Medina Spirits year, the tri paid $1,696 for a buck. I actually had that one. Wow, nice. Uh, 2020. With authentic on top, six fifty five. Uh the superfecta seven thousand nine hundred and twenty five dollars. The country house year, the tri paid eleven thousand four seventy five and the super was fifty one thousand. The justify year, the tri was only one forty one, but that was the year that it instilled regard ran fourth, nineteen thousand dollars on the super. And then the always dreaming year, looking at Lee, I think finished second. He had an eight eighty two hundred dollar tri and a seventy five thousand dollar super. So Chances are there's going to be a horse that doesn't make any sense. And asking you what horse you think does not make sense that's going to get into the number, <laughs> it's kind of a stupid question. But what, do you have any thoughts on, on something like that? Let me pull up my chart for the Derby. Um, I'm thinking a horse like Rocket Can for Mott, maybe. Or I see that. I can see the right that, trip. Because a horse that has a win over the course. Or it was a. I, I, I forget. It was it him or confidence game that has a win over the track. They both do, I think. They both, they both do. They I both mean, do. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not – I don't like confidence game off the – what is it, nine-week layoff? It's it's a long time, yeah. That's weird. Um, One mile work. Uh, you know, I, he, I don't think he wanted to run it again and get embarrassed. Now he can just do it. I, I don't like that move at all. Um, who's – I mean, if – I don't know what you consider uh, no chance, but I mean, if Mandan and Hero draws in, I like that horse. Right. Um, you know, a horse like I don't like these horses to win, but these horses like Disarm and Sun Thunder and Blazing Sevens. I mean, those are the kind of horses that um, you know could run underneath. Maybe even that Continuar from Japan. Right. Oh, third in Dubai, you know. I mean, it's it's usually those closers, right? It's those really long price closers mm-hmm. um, that you know, but they got to be long price closers. They got to be, you know, forty to one. Uh, I'll uh, say something real quick about Disarm. A lot of people like Disarm, and then he runs third in a bluegrass in a race that are just rushing him in to get points. And I mean, if you like Disarm when he was like when he was projected to be fifteen to one, I don't think he did anything wrong in that race. For you not to like him at fifty to one is kind of what I'm thinking with disarm. So I, I wouldn't back off disarm just because he ran third in blue bridge if you liked him originally. I think he's the kind of horse that can't win. 
And I think right. can't, you know, rich strike one. So take that with a grain of salt. But uh, I think he's a kind of horse, though, that you could use underneath. Mm-hmm. The year right. I, my biggest hit, and it, you know, wasn't that big a hit. It was like a 1700 try was when I had California Chrome on top. I was, oh. that was the biggest lock of the year. I knew California Chrome was going to win. Yeah, and I don't think he run that well in that race. He probably he probably was in peak form. Or am I thinking of American Pharaoh? But, uh, uh, maybe you think of Pharaoh. Yeah, who won by a length. But anyway, Chrome Chrome won. But then I had Commanding Curve underneath, who was a giant price, and he slugged up for second. And then third, fourth were kind of mid price horses, and it paid eighteen. It was an eighteen hundred dollar try. I would have hit the super. I just didn't play it. I only played Ooh. the try. Um. So uh, yeah, I mean. You got it. You got Commanding Curve was my key horse that year underneath. And Excellent. Came home. So let me ask you real quick, but we'll wrap this wrap this Derby thing up. But for the Derby, for that, those big days, Oaks and Derby, will your sheets? You know, your do you, will when the sheets be available? Because a lot of people are going to want to get your stuff. I would suggest they get your stuff, especially some of the novices who don't know when would that be available for them to use on those big days. The chart, the Derby chart, is already available on my site. Wow. Okay. Well, then you need to go and sign up now, right? Yeah, so it's already available. It's I, I tell everybody it's a draft. It's extremely incomplete right now. There's no morning line. There's no job. Work in progress. Yeah, but, you know, they can get a quick look at it. It's already there. I've already been getting questions from my customers on it. Uh, so I posted I posted my second draft um, uh, after the Lexington. And so I don't know. I'll update it again if um, – if anybody drops out right now, I just got the top 20. I'm just keeping the top 20 in there. Um, and so, but if anyone scratches out and I'll put, I'll put another horse in there. Cool. But right now I'll tell you, you know, Forte's on top of the chart. Okay. He's the most likely winner. I'm not going to argue with anybody on that. I'm just not going to bet him. Right. Okay? Yeah. You know, so uh, I, I'm hoping he has traffic troubles and he goes off at three to one and he makes, makes my horse a much higher price. I like so, what you think, Jeff. But Forte, I, you got to use underneath, um, and we got to hit somebody good on top. And verifying Dermasodagaki and two fills, you know, that could get it done for us. He he actually is going exactly the way I'm thinking. Those three on top, and then I would put tap it twice and Forte underneath. That's how I'm thinking right now. But again, we're two weeks away. But that's <laughs> that. He came up with the exact strategy I was thinking of. So. We know what we're doing, okay? <laughs> I guess, yeah. We'll we'll find out when they run 11, 14th, and 19th. But but that was a, a, the horse that could get out in front who have improvement left in them. You have the X Factor in Dermot Sulagaki. You have a, a pruning horse in Verifying. And you have two fills who might be the fastest horse in the race by some regard. You put those on top and then put the horses most likely to pass horses to be victimized by pace in Forte and Tappet Trice. And maybe you hit something. But, again, I may change my mind in, in, in nine days. Well, so – you guys remember they all have another uh, exacta? Yes. So I, I hit that exacta. You did. I did not. I did not like I'll have another that day. I think it, that exacta paid like at least sixty to one, maybe more. Yeah. It paid mm-hmm. eighty to one. I don't know. It paid really well. And here is what happened. I really liked Creative Cause, okay, who ran third. Uh, and then Bodie Meister, you know, went off to Arkansas, and I finally, I. You know, it, I really I didn't really make any money on the race. I, I made a, a couple hundred, but I basically saved my butt because at the very last minute I go, you know what? I'm just going to play a California Exacta box. Bodie Meister, <laughs> Creative Cause, I'll have another. 
and I'll have another wins, you know. And, you know, to me, verifying and I'll have another are very similar kind of horses. I like I like that logic. I like yeah. that logic. <laughs> I think verifying will be 20 to 1. I think you, you will get 20 to 1 on him. Oh, good. But we'll see. It's still early that we got to watch how they work, how they look or whatever, but we'll see. Now, one other exciting thing to tell you guys, I'm going to be at Oakland this weekend. I don't oh, really do this. Yeah, I'm going. And uh, they've got a de- halfway decent race up there, um, the um, Oakland Handicap. Yes, I heard about it today. That's a heck of a field they got. I think it's pretty darn good. It's a grade two, and they got uh, – um, I'm going to pull it up here. Yeah, go ahead and give us a preview. Who, You know, people uh, – who, who uh, put your sheet telling people is the play in the Oakland Handicap. Yeah. Right? And this is Last just for your – this is for your listeners, okay? All right. Because uh, uh, this, you know uh, – I'm giving this for your listeners here. Uh, so I'm pulling it up here. Okay. So it's got proxy on top. It doesn't have a great opinion, um, but it's kind of like an, it's kind of like a stiletto boy a little bit. Stiletto boy. I mean, there's stiletto boys in the race. There's classic Causeway, right? There's yeah. proxy, as you said. Yeah. yeah, I think you get a price out of stiletto I'm, boy. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to butt in here. Charge it is probably going to be the favorite. Or, yeah, it's a bet against to me. It's a bet against. Well, right? the uh, the horse that he beat in his allowance comeback, I uh, can't Vittorioso or something like that. Ran a Keeneland today. Finished off the board. Ran a huge uh, ninety nine buyer in that comeback race behind Charge. Yeah, that horse faded uh, down the lane, and yeah, Charge is going to be bet hard. I would assume at, at Oakland. I think he's play against slower slower tap at Trice is what he is. But anyway, but, yeah, and then yeah. and he's very overrated. And I'll tell you a horse I like. It's not showing up so good on my chart, but I just like this horse. And that's Senor Buscador. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. One of the big at Churchill last year. Yeah. Yeah. This horse, I, I had a future on this horse to win the Kentucky Derby, you know, was that a year ago, two years ago? Humongous future, like 125 to 1. He never, of course, even made it to the field. But I've always liked this horse. And uh, I give that horse a big shot, but I'm, I I, I kind of like Stiletto Boy. Stiletto Boy, all right. I think you can get an okay price yeah. on that one. All right, so cool. So that's a little bonus, a little bonus. That's a little bonus, a little Oakland, uh, Saturday Oakland action. There you go. All right, so how much, again, one one last time, and tell us how much it costs and where they can get it. And because I think you can, I know, I know Jaggers, Brandon Jaggers is going to sign up, isn't he, isn't he, CC? This well, is if he was on here, he would, he's, yeah, he, he's, he'd be your guy. He'd be bought as Christmas presents. Yeah. It's thirty thirty dollars a month. At chartinghorsevalue.com. Uh, yeah. It's it's uh it's an easy name. I, I think I call these charts. I don't want to call them sheets. I call them charts. We're playing the horses and we're looking for value. So it's chartinghorsevalue.com. And if you want to be a monthly subscriber, it's thirty dollars a month and it's really easy uh to do on my site. I, I honestly don't know why you wouldn't. The way you've explained it, it makes a lot of sense or whatever. And uh, it sounds like it's a moneymaker. And I would encourage everybody to sign up. I know Brandon Jaggers is. Brandon, when you, if you eventually listen to this, you're signing up, brother. Okay? <laughs> Tell him you can ask me any questions. Uh, I got tutorial blogs, but I'm very accessible. Uh, I take the abuse. So I also take the questions. So I love it. You know. Well, he will. He'll he'll be in touch or whatever. And ho- hopefully, a lot of other people will be in touch. So we thank you for being on, Jeff. We really do. And I'm really hoping. About, I hope you get a lot of subscriptions, more subscriptions. But I really hope you hit the Derby because if you hit yes. the Derby, 
we're going to do well. <laughs> I'm going to do well. Let's hit the derby together. You got it, brother. Thanks, All right. Thanks, Alan. Anytime, brother. You're welcome anytime. We really, you, really appreciate it. I love being on. Okay, that was Jeff. I keep wanting to say Jeff Bezos. Because, like, there's also Jeff Bezos and there's Joey, Joey Bosa, the football player, right? Or just Joey Bosa. Bosa, yeah. Joey Bosa. But no, Jeff that's Jeff Bessa. Bezos. I, I, Jeff I was going to do it. I was going to Jeff, Jeff Bezos. And that's, like, that's a combination of Jeff Bezos and Joey Bosa. I'm sure Jeff Jeff Bessa is uh, is pretty well off, but he may not be quite Jeff Bezos uh, well off. But then who is? Well, speaking of Brandon, he's not with us this evening. But uh, uh, anything you want to mention before we uh, hit the road? I know you want to possibly do a, a Twin Spires bet share. Well, you know, as we mentioned, Brandon, Brandon, when you're listening to this, you need to buy Jeff's program a lot of other people need to do it too because it's very beneficial brandon i'm telling you you need to buy this okay <laughs> cc's telling you the same thing if you listen to this which you better buy this buy it buy uh, jeff's charts and i hope other people do too but yeah i was thinking about it i don't do the bet shares very often that sometimes i'll do it and send them to you guys but uh derby well, or oaks time i may i may do one and send it you, out we used to hit them all the time Back in yep. back in the good old days, we, we haven't have, we haven't done that many and stuff. But we've went after a couple of pick fives. We've gotten really close to a couple of really good ones. But uh, I thought maybe I might do one, send send it out to people or whatever. If somebody's interested, let me know if you want to do a bet share. If you want to get involved in a bet share for the Superfect in a Derby or the Oaks or a pick five or something, it'll depend on what the sequence tells me. But I might do that if if anybody's interested. Let me know and I'll I'll send out links. But uh, we don't we don't do a lot of that on here. That's for other people to do. But we do know what we're doing. I'm only, I will warn you, if I, if I do a bet share for multiple people, I'm going to try to hit something. I'm not going to try to win $800 for the split between 20 people. If I try, if I, if I go after something, I'm going to try to make it pay, but obviously I'll do it for Oaks or Derby. We'll see what comes up. We'll see. You can say you can split that to 25 shares now. Is that what you told me? 50. Something like that. 50, you 50, put 50? Right. I think they've changed it now. You can do 50. All right. Well, pay attention. I might send one out here in a, the, in a couple of The drawback. The drawback is you you have to do it on laptop or or the, the, yeah not the app can't do it but it's a if if they could figure out a way to do it on the app yeah the desktop you get the desktop site right I mean it's a little trickier yeah. yeah but you can you can jack it up you can screw it up but it, I do think it's a fantastic thing and and I don't I don't do one for the public very often but I may do one for Oaks or Derby we'll see what comes we'll see what what jumps into my mind. All right, all let's right. wrap this up. Yep, that's all I got. So uh, on behalf of Mr. Jeff Bezos of Amazon.com <laughs> and Jeff Bessa of ChartingHorseValue.com. And Joey Bosa of the San Francisco 49ers. Correct. And Alan Schneider and Brandon Jaggers and a host of others, millions involved in production and all the fans at home. This is CC Broadus reminding you that gambling money ain't got no home.